Welcome to Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I'm your host, author Liz Tolsma. I'm so glad to have you along for this episode. Before we get into everything, I'd like to welcome any new listeners to the show. We are so pleased that you decided to join us today. I hope that you stick with us because we have a lot of interesting topics and a lot of great authors coming up. If you have not subscribed to Christian Historical Fiction Talk on your favorite podcasting platform, please make sure that you do so because you don't want to miss any of these fabulous episodes. I know I'm like a broken record for those of you who know what those are. And I keep saying the same thing over and over, but there are so many fabulous authors out there of Christian historical fiction nowadays that it's so hard to fit them all into the show. Every week they seem to get better and better. There are so many people that I want to talk to that you have said you want to talk to. We have some great topics that are coming up. So you don't want to miss out on any of this. So please make sure that you are subscribed on your favorite platform. We're there probably. If it's out there, we're probably there. If we're not, let me know so I can get onto there. Also, if you would like to find out more about today's author and about the book that we're going to be talking about, please head over to my website, which is liztolsma.com. And over there, you can find all of the show notes, including more information about the book and a handy link where you can purchase it because you are going to want to purchase it. Trust me. I read this in one sitting. It was so good. I could not put it down. Okay. I think that takes care of all of the preliminaries. So let's get down into today's author interview. This author is a blogger, a curriculum developer, and a counselor, but her first love is communicating through stories. Her studies and her interactions with hurting families over a decade have allowed her to create multidimensional characters that emotionally connect with readers. She lives in Chattanooga, Tennessee, which I can personally attest to. It's a great little city to live in with her husband and their three children. I am so honored to welcome Amanda Cox to the show today. Welcome to the show, Amanda. We are so glad to have you with us. Thank you so much for inviting me to chat with you. I'm really excited about it. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a fairly new author on the scene, so I don't know how many of our listeners know much about you. Yeah, so I released my debut, The Edge of Belonging, last September, and I am a homeschooling mom of three, and I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Just a few hobbies that I enjoy. I recently took up beekeeping and I'm attempting to be a gardener. However, I am not very, it went pretty well this year, but it's been my first attempt at actually gardening and doing well at it. So that's been a fun experience over the summer. And so I just enjoy writing stories about hope, healing, and home. And so both The Edge of Belonging and the book that I have coming out, The Secret Keepers of Old Depot Grocery, are both split timeline fiction. Well, that's really interesting about the beekeeping. That caught my attention because you have to be pretty brave in order to be able to work with bees, I would think. I'm a sissy when it comes to them. 
<laughs> it's been fun to learn about my daughter who is eight and I we just kind of got into it and we had been researching it for a few years so this spring we took the leap and we decided to try it out and so it's been they are just so fascinating I'm sure that's really interesting you mentioned that your second book the secret keepers of old depot grocery is releasing in September why don't you tell us a little bit about this absolutely fabulous book? So it has two timelines. So in the present day, you have Sarah, and she's been through some tragedy in her life. And it kind of makes her realize that her life had taken a course that she didn't really want. It wasn't all that she thought it would be. And so she decides to go back home and do the thing that she dreamt of doing as a child, which is to help her mom and her grandmother run Old Depot Grocery Store. But when she gets there, her mom announces, you know, times are changing. There's a big box store coming into town, and it's really time to let the store close. And so Sarah and her grandmother, Glorianne, decide to kind of do whatever they can to keep Old Depot Grocery going because this was Sarah's plan. Like this was the way that she was going to make up for all the lost time and get back that dream that she always wanted. And she also wants to do it for her grandmother because this has been the store that's been in their family all these years. But the mother, Rosemary, is really determined to go ahead and let the store close. But she does not want to reveal to her mother or to her daughter why, because she kind of has her own reasons. And then the past timeline, it follows the life of Glorianne, which is Sarah's grandmother, starting when she is a young woman, and her life also has not gone according to plan. And she realizes that she is pregnant with her fiancé's baby, but they get the report that he's died in Vietnam. And to kind of save the family's reputation, she is pressured into an arranged marriage with a shopkeeper of Old Depot Grocery. And so you have these two timelines weaving together and you get to see a lot of mother-daughter relationships and how throughout time, how the past shapes the present. I like that you say you get a really good look at mother-daughter relationships because I read this book when I was on an adventure with my daughter and it was so interesting to me to see the dynamic between these different mothers and daughters and even grandmother and granddaughter. Was that very intentional on your part to do that? It was kind of funny because I was always like a daddy's girl growing up. <laughs> and so once I had finished the book and I was kind of reflecting over it, I was like, why, why was it that I focused on mother-daughter relationships? Because, you know, I love my mom, but, you know, I was the little girl who's following her dad around trying yep. to figure out what he was doing. I didn't want to hang out with all the women at family gatherings. I wanted to sneak out and see what the guys were talking about. So that was me as a kid. And so it really made me reflect back to why. And a lot of it came from my relationship with my daughter because she is a mama's girl, a hundred percent. She has been attached to my hip since she's been born wants to watch everything I do, mimic everything I do. And I came to this realization one day about all the different things and how intentional she was in trying to enter into my world. Um, and how, and it just made me think about all the different ways that I am shaping her life without me knowing it. So I guess one of the secrets and the secret keepers of Old Depot Grocery is kind of the way 
women pass things down throughout the generation, sometimes intentionally and sometimes unintentionally. I did. I loved that about the book. I noticed at one part in the book, I forget it was the beginning or the end, you say that you hope that you did justice to the Old Depot grocery. So was the store in the book actually a real store? Yeah, the Old Depot grocery is named after my grandmother's store. So it's in a small town called Camden, Tennessee. And it's a store where my grandfather and grandmother, they owned it and they worked it. My mom grew up working at that store. My dad worked at that store. So it's a store that kind of was a hub uh, in a lot of ways of Camden during its lifetime. And so it was really fun for me to try to recreate the store. It closed when I was a child, but I can still remember running up and down the aisles, the sound of the floors when we would come to visit, because I live in East Tennessee, so we would make the visit out to West Tennessee. So my brother and I can remember us playing hide and seek in the aisles and looking up in the mirror that was in the corner, trying to see if I could see where he was hiding at. (laughs) That's really neat that you had that experience and that you were able to use that in a story because it really did become almost a character in its own way, the grocery store. Yeah, so it kind of changed, just like characters change with times and are impacted by their lives, that store over time is impacted by different things that happen within its walls. So yeah, I know that my, you know, my memories, I was a little girl, but I know that there are a lot of people who worked and lived around Old Depot Grocery that have their own memories. So I'm like, I really hope that I did it justice, yes. I think you did, because now it makes perfect sense to me how you describe the creaking of the floors and playing hide and seek in there and working there as a teenager and everything like that, that all fits together now. So that's really neat to know about the book. One of my favorite parts of writing the book was talking with my mom and my grandma about some of their memories in the store. So there's a little fun, you know, all of the characters are fictional, their lives are fictional, but some of the little anecdotes about like what it was like to run a store, different people who would come in and out of the store, they kind of got to come to life again through the story. So it was really fun. A fun part of research was just hearing some of their own family stories of what it was really like. Yeah, very neat. Now, what you maybe call the historical part of the timeline is set in the 1960s. And I have seen that more and more where the 1960s is now considered historical. Would you agree with that? It does seem kind of strange to consider it to be historical. It's before my time. So in some aspects, you know, yes. But yeah, more and more. It was considered contemporary for quite a while. Right. When I started back in the business almost 20 years ago now, it was definitely not considered historical. And unfortunately, it's my time era a little bit more. (laughs) So it's very strange to have that be considered historical. But I love all the little details that you put in there, especially as the historical timeline moves forward into the 70s, which I remember much better than the 60s. That'll just give you a little hint about how old I am. But (laughs) all the little details of the 1960s and 70s that were in there were really, really neat and kind of spoke to me. So in a way, it is interesting to have that time, a time that I remember being now considered a historical timeline. 
I enjoyed writing the way that I wrote the timelines. I enjoyed writing that past timeline because it gets to kind of move through history. So I had a lot of fun, like trying to work in some different details of different time periods that would have been really real to those characters. Talking about writing two different timelines and one of them that really moves along throughout the years, how do you go about juggling the two different stories as you write? I approached this one a lot differently than I did my first one. My first one, I completely wrote one timeline and then I wrote the other timeline just because of the way things came together. This one, I had a lot of fun just bouncing back and forth between the two because I would have that present timeline. And it was just a way to reflect and think about how did these characters get to be who they are? What things shaped them? What encounters and experiences did they have? So it was really fun for me to kind of go between the two. I enjoy writing characters where, like Glorianne, you get to see her as a 19-year-old, and then you get to see her in her 70s. So that was really kind of how I approached it, was sort of like looking back and forth through their lives. I guess that's the benefit to writing timelines that are really quite close together is that you Mm -hmm. do get to see the characters, like you said, as young people and then as older people and see how they've changed throughout the years. So I did like that about the book as well. You have degrees in theology and in counseling. Do you think your degrees help you with your writing? And if so, in what way? I particularly feel like the counseling has been, that education has helped me a lot with creating characters. Because for me as a counselor, I always loved to think about like the people that I was sitting with. It's kind of like, this is where you are. What are the things that led to where you are? Whether it's different life experiences, different family dynamics and things like that. So that's always kind of been the way that my mind is geared. So when I approach characters, my question is always like, this is who you are, what things led to you becoming who you are now, and what will it take for you to make a real and authentic change? Like, what are some things that you will have to encounter before you're ready for change? What got you into writing? I mean, you were doing counseling and that kind of stuff, and now you're busy homeschooling your children. How did you get bit by the writing bug? Well, I was always a lover of stories for as long as I can remember. I would read everything I could get my hands on as a child. I tried to write and illustrate and publish my first book when I was seven. So it was kind of one of those things that I really wanted to do then. But, you know, I put that aside for a long time. Most of my writing kind of came through journaling, my thoughts and emotions. That was just the way that I've always processed things well. And then, like I said, I sort of put it aside and it was more of just for personal journaling. And then after my second child was born, career-wise with counseling, I was at this point where I had been working part-time, but if I wanted to continue on, I was going to have to have a different work environment and have to work full-time. And that really wasn't a place that I was at right then. It's not really what I wanted for my family life at that time. And so then I was home with very small children I had been used to counseling and having that as my day. And so writing, I picked it up again. God just sort of laid this story on my heart that I wanted to write. And so I started it just for fun. It was kind of this creative outlet for me. After the kids went to bed, I was just sort of like exercising a part of my brain that I was missing exercising. And so I guess I sort of was counseling characters 
<laughs> at that point. And you probably, you wouldn't know this, but I actually took an online class through ACFW, a self-editing class back in like 2016, and you were the teacher. And so you helped me with self-editing way back then. Oh, that is so cool to know. You know, I had thought your name was really familiar. And then I thought, no, I must have just been getting her mixed up with another author or something like that. You know, there's Amanda Cabot. And so Mm -hmm. maybe I just got her confused with Amanda Cabot or something like that. (laughs) That's how I know you. Oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) That was after after I'd written that very first novel that will never see the light of day, most likely. (laughs) But it was one that I used as kind of like my classroom to learn how to write a fiction novel. And so your class was really helpful in helping me self-edit. And that's actually my favorite part of writing is self-editing my work. So, Oh, well, cool. That makes me feel good. Thank you. You made my day. <laughs> <laughs> there is a plot twist. I won't give it away, but towards the end of the book, there's a plot twist. Do you like writing those kind of twists, surprising the readers like that? Yeah, that one was a lot of fun. And I guess in some ways, it was one that surprised me a little bit in the writing process, because I kind of got to a certain point, and I'm like, you know, I think I want to change this up a little bit. So that was fun. That was kind of fun for me, just the idea kind of popping in my head. So I hope that it's a little bit of a surprise. It was. It was totally a surprise to me. Like I said, I promise I won't give it away, but readers keep going to the end, and you'll get you'll get a surprise. I thoroughly enjoyed that. And yeah, they are always a lot of fun to write. The Secret Keepers of Old Depot Grocery. You called that the longest title ever. Where did that <laughs> title come from? The funny thing was, it just, that was, whenever I'm working on something, some title, before I even start, will kind of pop in my head. And that was the title that popped into my head for this book. And I was like, I kept trying to think of a different one because I was like, oh, my publisher is going to change this because it's a long title. Mm-hmm. And so I, it was really funny because when I, we were going through and trying to figure out what the title was, they're like, we really like this. We're going to go with this. And I'm like, okay. It just caught, it, it caught me by surprise because it's a pretty long title, but it's what fit the book to me. And so it was fun when that ended up being the actual title. It is kind of nice because it sort of just gives you a very brief overview of what the whole entire book is going to be about right there in the title. So it works. (laughs) And the cover is really cool. I love the old car in front of the old grocery stores and and the letters down at the bottom. So really beautiful cover that they came up with for that one. They did. And, you know, my one of my main requests was like, I want like sort of a nostalgic feel because that's what Old Depot Grocery the real Old Depot grocery is to me. So they really came through on that and did a great job. What is up next for you? I have a few different things that I'm working on. I'm hoping my new hobby of beekeeping can somehow get worked into something. Um, (laughs) But no solid plans yet. But I have some different things that I'm playing around with. So you're going to make us wait a little while for your next book then. (laughs) Yes. It's going to be a little bit, hopefully not too long. Hopefully not, because readers, when I tell you this was a fabulous book, I mean it. I was sitting on a beach last week as I read this with my daughter, and she said, come on, Mom, let's go in the water one last dip. It was the end of our vacation, and I'm like, wait, wait, I've got to read this last chapter. I have to find out what happens. (laughs) So when I pass a beach up in order to sit and read, 
well, actually, you know, it's kind of a hard <laughs> choice there, isn't it? <laughs> right. If listeners want to find you and to connect with you, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on my website, amandacoxwrites.com. And that's a great place to kind of see what's going on, what's up next. That's a place you can sign up for my newsletter. I've got a little freebie available that goes along with my debut novel that you can find there. I also hang out on Facebook and Instagram. And if you search Amanda Cox Writes, you'll find me there also. Great. Good to keep in touch with you so that we know when the next one is going to be coming out. Do you have any last words for the listeners? Well, I hope that you all enjoy the secret keepers of old depot grocery and all of the secrets and the mother daughter dynamic and all of those great things. But the big takeaway that I hope there's some different relational healing that takes place in the story. And so if there are relationships in your life that could use some healing, I hope that the book causes you to take some time and reflect and think about uh, ways that you can facilitate growth and healing in your own relationships. Very well said. Well, it has certainly been our pleasure to have you with us today. Wish that we had more time to talk because I think we could go on for quite a while (laughs) yet, but unfortunately we're at the end of our time. But thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Isn't Amanda the sweetest? It was so much fun getting to talk to her. We talked about a few things before we got onto the call and after the call And let me tell you, we have a lot in common. It was great to connect with her and to get to know her. I hope that you will check out her website and that you will connect with her and keep in touch with her as well, because I can't wait for another one to come out. We have to encourage her to keep on writing such absolutely amazing books like she does. If you'd like to find out more about The Secret Keepers of Old Depot Grocery, or if you'd like to find out more about Amanda, or if you'd like to get a handy link, so that you can order your copy of this amazing book, then please be sure to go to my website, which is liztolsma.com. You'll find the podcast right there, and you can click on it very easily and get taken to all of those links. I'd love you to stop by and check out what's going on over there. Coming up next week, we have another topic. Be sure to join us on social media at Christian Historical Fiction Talk. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm going to be posting a question up there that I'd love the answer to from you. And that is, is there a move away from romance? Amanda just talked about how this is really a mother-daughter relational story. There's a little bit of a romance in there, but mostly this is women's fiction. It's mother-daughter relational. And a lot of the books that we have read lately seem to be more and more like that. And I'm wondering, is there a move away from what we consider the traditional boy meets girl, boy and girl fall in love, boy and girl break up, boy and girl get back together, and they live happily ever after? that kind of formula. 
Do you think there's a move away from that? And how does that make you feel? So be sure to check us out on social media where I'm going to have that question listed. Let me know what you think about that. And then join us next week when I have some of the results, some of what you have to say, and I'm going to put my own two cents into that. That will be on next week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join me here on Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I really do appreciate your time. I appreciate your support. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time. 